This is the Sauce Town Stories podcast. I am your host, Matt Cox. Uh, thank you for joining us after a week off. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did. My uh, parents came out uh, to New York City, um, had an amazing time, saw a Broadway show, went to the Colbert show, it tried a bunch of awesome food. Um, it was a great, great Thanksgiving. Um, so with that said, we have a great guest today who I just got through interviewing, um, just an incredibly impressive human being. Um, you'll listen to this one and probably be um, a little inspired to maybe go do something uh, that maybe you've been thinking about trying for a while and haven't pulled the trigger on it. Because um, she just does, she does everything. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, so I won't lead into that any further because um, I know you want to just get to our guest. Uh, but before we do that, a quick word from our sponsor. That's Ash Creek, Oregon. The Capitol Building, Goldman, Hoopla, the Art Fair. These are all Sauce Town staples. It's time to add another to the list. Ash Creek, Oregon Hazelnuts are the official sponsor of the Sauce Town Stories podcast and need to be the official sponsor of your taste buds this fall. They're roasted milk, my personal favorite, and dark chocolate hazelnuts will make you the star of any tailgate, go beeves, happy hour, or night by the fire pit with friends. Go to ashcreekoregon.com and order today. Word from our sponsor, Ash Creek, Oregon. I am joined uh, by an amazing guest today. Uh, usually this is the part where I do kind of an introduction with joined by an athlete or um, a recording artist or whatever it may be. Um, this one, I, I, I wasn't sure what to say because she is up to so many uh, different cool things in her life. So I'm joined, I'm just going to put it this way, by a bit of a, a renaissance woman, Erica Popolo. Erica, how are you doing? I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for having me today, Matt. I'm excited to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you for making time. I, uh, I hit you up, I think it was late last week, to come on. And you said something to the effect of like, oh, I'd love to, but just so you know, like, I'm not super exciting. I don't know. And then you send me this like list of all these awesome things that you're up to. So I'm very stoked to have you on the pod today. Oh, thank you. You've just had so many cool guests. You know, it's hard to feels hard to compete with that, you know, but I'm really excited to be here. It's an honor for sure. Well, thank you. And we, we have had some good guests, but you're you're right there, certainly uh, with all of them. Um, so before we get into what you're doing today and some of those cool activities that I was referencing, um, if you could, for our listeners who may not be entirely familiar with you, could you just take us through a little bit of your background, kind of your ties to the Salem area growing up in Salem, and just sort of take us up through your your high school days um, at South Salem? Yes, of course. So I have lived in Salem pretty much my entire life, except for undergrad. So my parents live in the same house that they've lived in the whole time, which is about 10 minutes south of Salem. I was a rose. For those of you who get that reference, it's um, no longer in elementary school, but it was back back in the day. Um, and then I went to Crossler Middle School, loved it there, and then ended up going to South Salem High School, which I also loved. And I had the chance to wear, you know, a super cool person's jersey in high school, if you if you remember that. 
Who could that have been? I, I can't think of it. Oh, I don't know. It was. I mean, he was like the best player on the team. He was like number four or something. I don't know. Yeah, so for those that don't get it, Erica did wear my jersey, I think, for two years in high school at the games. Um, that part's true. The uh, amazing, like, greatest player part, that might not be uh, quite as true. But thank you, Erica. <laughs> of course. So then you graduate from South Salem High. Um, you take off and go down to Oregon State. What did you study there? Yes, go beef. So I studied biology, um, but really I was basically just studying choir. Not actually, but I was just doing a ton of choir and hanging out with friends and doing music and, you know, and just studying science on the side pretty much. Got it. And then, so you graduate from OSU, you, you uh, joined the Willamette University, shout out to Willamette uh, in the sauce, uh, the MBA program there. And something you mentioned during that time, this is, uh, you actually worked some at Nike and said you really didn't like it. Uh, take us through what you were doing there and kind of why you uh, were not such a fan of the, of Nike. Oh yeah. Time at Nike. So I worked in the global customs department, which is about as exciting as you <laughs> would think that it is. Um, but obviously, you know, Nike's cool and you get the free or the discounted gear and all that, but it was before kind of the me too movement, um, in 2018. And so it was just not really like the best cold. Sorry about that, Erica lost you right there, but you can pick back up. We were talking about your time at Nike and how it wasn't maybe the greatest cultural fit for you. Yes. Yes. Sorry about these. That's my nightmare. Um, it was just, it was pretty, me too. So this was in 2013 and just, you know, being in there was not necessarily like my favorite fit. Um, just had some experiences there that weren't my favorite. And that was just not the long-term place for me to be, you know? Absolutely. And then, so you transitioned to a company or a business called BookBite. What, what, what exactly did you do there? Yes. So which is really funny because for all the Salemites, a lot of people think it's book bin, <laughs> they, you know, book bin's way more popular. Um, so book was a textbook real retailer or, or they still are, you know, they're still open. Um, and so I started there as a data analyst and then became a project manager and then went into operations management. So I actually ended up having four jobs in the three years that I was there. And I loved, I loved my time there, but ultimately got the opportunity to come work at the hospital and, um, you know, patient care is a little bit more meaningful than, than textbooks. So I was pretty excited to make that transition too. Yeah. You seem like a, uh, just knowing you for a long time, a, a great fit for, for patient care type stuff. I know you mentioned, um, you're somewhat limited in what you can talk about, um, as far as what you do at the hospital, but, you know, to take it and run with it from there, whatever you're allowed to say, um, tell us a little bit about that job. Oh, and when I say patient care, I mean like the entire mission of the hospital. I don't do any patient care because I would pass out at the side of a needle, <laughs> I think. Um, but I'm the systems director of revenue cycle. So basically a lot of the financials and kind of the, uh, you know, working with insurance companies and um, that kind of super, super riveting work that I'm sure everyone would just be very excited to hear about. But again, pretty 
Yeah, you you mentioned you had a pretty obviously, you know, if you're at the hospital or if you're in healthcare, you get a million questions about COVID these days, which I don't want to do that because you can read about that (laughs) or hear about it all around you all day, every day. With that said, you did have kind of an interesting story um, way back at the beginning of COVID. Take us through that a little bit. Yes. So this was pretty crazy because this was back in March of 2020 when it was kind of, you know, COVID was coming, but like, is it, you know, kind of will she, won't she kind of thing. And my boss and I were in Wisconsin on a work trip and kind of the day that like everything dropped, like, I don't know if you remember, but like the jazz player, like tapped the microphones and it was this big scandal. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then, and they named it a pandemic, like everything was that day. And so the hospital flew us home. My boss was seven months pregnant too. So it's like, you know, you guys should come back. Um, and then the next day we started in what's called the command center. And I can talk about this because it was in the Statesman, so not a secret. Um, but basically it's, you know, leaders throughout the hospital who get together and kind of say, hey, how are we going to do this? Um, and I think I told you, you know, when we talked before is I ended up working like 90, 92 or 93 days straight. Uh, but it was it was really, really intense at the beginning because we just, you know, we didn't have a playbook for it. And when you're running a hospital, there's not really any other option but to to make it work and so it was definitely pretty crazy at the beginning when it was coming about and it was sort of like you said we don't really entirely know what this thing is and i i will be the first to admit i was probably one of the people that was like you know we've had these scares before with you know you name it sars or you know insert virus that never turned into a thing like this in the profession working at the hospital was there a feeling amongst people like this one's different? You know, that's really funny because I think, I think yes. And probably more so for the people who work in the clinical world. But for me, like my husband, my, this was in March and he was like, I don't want to have to postpone the wedding. It was in August. And I'm like, that's five months from now. Like, yeah, right. Um, And so I definitely, I didn't, I understood it was serious, so I don't want to say like I didn't, but to the extent that, you know, it would be in December of 2021 and we'd be talking about it. I, d- I don't think we necessarily necessarily understood it to that scale. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I remember when it happened, I, it was March and I had a trip abroad booked in May and I was like still like, oh, yeah, I think like by May we might be we might be good with this. Like <laughs> the trip might still happen. And um clearly that did uh did not work out um you mentioned your husband by the way uh congrats you got married this (laughs) past august do i have that right yes this past august yep and how did you guys meet well we met uh, oh man eight years ago now we met at crossfit salem back in my crossfitting days and i was doing a rope climb and he was part of the competitor group I was recreational, you know, not one of the athletes you have on here. And <laughs> I was not doing well, obviously, or apparently. And he goes, are you okay? And I looked down and everyone was looking up at me and I was like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, years later we're married. So it all works out. A, a classic uh, cr- CrossFit love story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just totally classic. So speaking of that, I mean... So you do, or I guess you don't do it anymore, but you've done CrossFit, you do bungee jumping, jujitsu, you've run marathons, hood to coast, Ironman, you hike, 
like obviously I knew you in high school and you were into sports and you know pushing yourself and stuff like that but my goodness you've really like you've really transitioned to like how much can I push myself like was there a a, a moment where you were just like I want to try all this like crazy stuff that really you know kind of pushes the extent of of what uh you know the human body can do in some cases oh man yeah it's a lot of random stuff isn't it that's for sure but it all you has know, a common I... theme of it's really hard and it takes a lot of physical exertion yeah you know i started and this was you know this probably around when i started crossfitting i it, that was again in 2013 i feel like it kind of shifted my brain a little bit of like will I ever have fewer excuses to do something than I have today? <laughs> and so, you know, that's kind of how I, when I thought about running a marathon, you know, this is a few years ago now, it was like, is it ever going to be any easier than it is to do today? And if the answer is no, then like, why am I not doing it today? Right. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of how I haven't trained for a full Ironman, but I'm working on the half Ironman that's coming this summer. It's like, okay, it's going to be in Salem you know, the, the bike is kind of flat and the run sort of flat, like it's never going to be easier than doing this one. And so it just kind of became like, what can I accomplish? And I don't want to say like trying to get all this stuff done early, like while we're young, but it's just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's the challenge is really fun and just setting out and saying, Hey, I can accomplish this goal and I can, I can do it. For the example of marathons. Cause that's one of the, like the, athletic feats that I just like cannot wrap my head around to run 26 miles. Were you a runner before that? Like, could you do, you know, before that, could you do like five or 10 miles or was it like a thing where all of a sudden you just started training super hard and got to this point of being able to do 26? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I had run a few half marathons before the marathon, or, you know, before I ever thought about doing a marathon but at the time that I started training for it I I remember like my first run I ran like half mile and got out of breath and started walking and I was like oh my god I am like I'm in for it but there's so many training programs and so I did an eight month training program and it's like you know you just work your way Erica you were saying you did an eight, <laughs> you did an eight month training program and just work your way I'm also just trying to have the most technical difficulties of anyone you've ever had. It's okay. It could, uh, it could be on my end. Don't even worry about it. No, I'm sorry. So anyway, yeah, you know, you can start anywhere and all of a sudden, you know, you're working way, your way up. Obviously I, I'm not like Elliot Kipchoge and like breaking two, right? Like I'm in the breaking five category, but um, it was a really, really great experience. And I, I'm really glad I did it for sure. And then you mentioned you're super into bungee jumping. And in fact, you've done, you've done 50 bungee jumps and you said, so you've mastered all the technical jumps. I, I always thought of bungee jumping is like, you just fall off the edge and your body goes wherever it goes. So what exactly are, when you talk about technical jumps, what does that mean when it comes to bungee jumping? Yeah. I mean, so most people don't, jumping as a sport you know or I guess it's more of a recreational sport but you know there's the first time you go and you're just swan diving off and you know your legs are going everywhere and, and you know, you're freaking out but there's 
by the time you've done more and, and some people are like, right, but there's different types of jumps. So one is called like the Lipton. And this took me a really, really long time, like maybe five years to be able to do where you basically, you know, you shift your gravity up over your head. Like you look up over your head so that you go head first, like straight down head first. And so it's really challenging to do that without kind of buck. So that's one of the most technical ones. Um, you can do what's called an elevator where you, you basically jump off backwards down a curve and go straight down. Um, I've done, I've gone off my hands. So it's basically like a front handspring off of the bridge. Um, and so they're just, it just takes a little bit more skill and a little bit more composure. Hurling yourself off there. If that makes sense. Yeah, I gotcha. I'm, I'm such a wuss about that stuff. I've never <laughs> bungee jumped in my life, but to do 50 of them, do you do like, um, is there like bungee jump tourism? Like, are there specific, like, have you traveled to locations like this would be a really cool place to jump off of? So I have only gone up in Amboy, Washington. So it's like two hours from here. Some of the big jumps, you know, they're in like New Zealand, um, rural China, like they're in pretty hard to reach places. Russia has, has a lot. So I have tourism personally i would like to and a lot of people do but i've i've done all my jumping in washington got it okay so then one other one other i won't go okay so we talked bungee jumping i'll touch on one other kind of athletic thing that you do how did you get in to jujitsu then so my brother started jujitsu he was 18 so i would have still been at South back in those days. Um, and he like took to it really, really quickly. I think he got his black belt in like six or seven years or something, which is super, super fast. Um, and he had done it for a long time. He has his own Academy. And then in they were starting a women's class and my sister-in-law was like, Hey, we're starting a women's class. You're coming. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I'm not really interested. Like it's kind of James's thing. And she's like, well, I bought you an outfit. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well then I'll go. Obviously if there's an outfit, like, I got to do it. Um, and then I just, I loved it. And so, you know, I just started going a lot and learning a lot. Um, and it's pretty cool because one of my, my main partner that I still train with, she also started on the same day as me on that first women's, women's class day. So it's, it's really been a journey. It's, it's very cool. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're, you're a blue belt now, correct? I'm a blue belt. Yes, which in jiu-jitsu, there's white, blue, purple, brown, black. So I'm definitely still on the beginner spectrum, um, but I have been training for six years. I just, like, don't have the, the perfect attendance. So, you know, I, I do it when I can between work and other activities. Yeah, and shout out to, uh, shout out to James Popolo, by the way. He's a black belt now, and uh, a lot of our listeners probably remember him as a South uh, High State champion in basketball so hopefully uh james listens to this one um with uh with jujitsu do you do you look at it as just like exercise or is it like a, a, a self-defense thing or do you ever walk down the street and feel like like i could take him i could take her like what's your uh outlook as far as jujitsu yeah i mean i definitely don't eye people in the street and think about how i could how i could take them but <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I mean, but I probably could, right? Unless 
their black belt in jiu-jitsu. But um, no, for me, definitely the self-defense aspect is a big deal of it. Like I feel much more comfortable of if something were to happen that I could defend myself. So that's, but I mean, I would say primarily it's for the workout. I mean, it's, it'll get you. It's, it's definitely a, a cardio workout. Yeah, I've heard it's an incredible workout. Do you watch any of the like UFC stuff on TV now that you're that you uh, do it yourself? Yeah, my every UFC fighter. Yep. Really? Do you have a, a favorite fighter or a couple of fighters? Okay, I love Yair Rodriguez. Um, wait, name Rodriguez? Did I just blank that? Whatever. Yair El Pantera, and then uh, my husband. Holloway. So that recent fight was definitely a big, big one. I love Daniel Cormier, um, but he retired. I met Paul Felder at the Ironman in Salem this summer. No Irish way. Dragon. Yes. And I was, I was so starstruck, like embarrassingly so. And he was just walking in the athlete's tent because that's, he retired. And now he does these, these Ironman, Ironman, Ironman races. And I saw him and I was like, Oh my God, that's Paul Felder. And I could tell that nobody else around us recognized him. And I did ask for, for a photo. So that was my fangirl moment. And you got the photo? I did. And he was super, super nice about it. So shout out to the Irish dragon for sure. Yeah. He seems like one of the coolest dudes in the sport. Cause he, I mean, he's an awesome announcer and he was just like, was the guy, he wasn't like the greatest fighter, but he would just, he would, he would just take like, he would take some elite fighter on like a week notice and just go in there and brawl. He was, uh, he was crazy. Yes. And he's taking that same mentality and now. And I, I mean, he's doing really, really, really well. So I'm excited to see where he goes with that. Cause he could be. Sport too. Yeah. That's awesome. I had no idea uh, that he was in the sauce. So switching gears to another, uh, part of your life that I know you really enjoy um, pre COVID uh, you've traveled to like a million different places. I had no idea. I've actually got the list pulled up uh, right here just to name a few. You've been to the Dominican Republic, China, Chile, Cayman Islands, France, Portugal, Spain, Iceland, the list goes on and on. Um, did you start hitting that list like, was this all post high school, post college in, in the last few years? Or is that throughout your entire life? No, definitely towards the end of high school. I did an exchange program through South to Germany. That was like my first kind of taste of it. And then in college, because I did uh, in college, we, that's when we took that trip to China. And so I got a few opportunities through that going back to Germany when I was in college to visit my host brother. And then we went to a couple of countries and then just the last like five or six years, I started taking, or, you know, well, the most recent two, of course, trying to take one trip with my husband and then just kind of, you know, see the world as much as possible. And, and you can get some cheap flights, you know, a lot of those you can, you can find on kayak.com and that's how I picked them. Like, all right, well, we're just gonna, we're gonna go here. I'm all about it. I do the, uh, I always get, I, I'll do the uh, credit card bonus too, before I know I'm going to go on a big trip. Do you have, do you, you have, ha do you have um, maybe a location or two that's maybe not the obvious ones, you know, like Berlin or, or uh, Prague or what, you know, whatever, but maybe a, a place you've been or, or a 
couple places a little bit uh, maybe less well known that you'd share with our our listeners that you'd really recommend? I love that question. That's such a good question. Um, so when I went to the Bahamas, um, there's obviously the main bah- Bahamian island, the lar- the big one. I think it's called Grand Bahamas. Sorry if that's not the real name. Um, but then there's a little island that we went to called Eleuthera, and it's like tiny. You take this like sketchy little plane to it, um, but it was incredible. It- and like turquoise water we stayed in a tiny little airbnb and it just it felt much more like authentically island and it, and it really again wasn't that expensive to get there and it wasn't that expensive Whew, that one sticks out for sure um and then in iceland when my husband and i went there we ran or ran we didn't we didn't run we drove um around the entire <laughs> yeah that that, that'd be a, really... that, that's like a, that's a lot of marathons if you ran around that the entire be... rim of Iceland. Yeah. I mean, that would be incredibly impressive. I'm sure somebody has done it. No. Uh, so we drove the ring road and um, stopped in this little town in the North in Northern Iceland called Isafjordor. And again, it's like this tiny little town, um, but it's just beautiful. It's, it's on the fjord. That's why it has that name. And there's like little restaurants and these little cafes and things like that. And that was also, it just felt really magical and like really special. Um, and it's kind of more off the beaten path in Iceland. And so it's not quite as touristy as some of the other places. So um, off the top of my head, I feel like those two are, are worth putting on the bucket list for sure. There you go. A couple, couple places you may not have, uh, have thought of that Eric has been to uh, book those. Um, hopefully international <laughs> travel is, uh, is, uh, is staying open. Um, okay. I have to ask you about this one. Cause this is another, I had no idea about you got into cosplay, which for our listeners who don't know what that, well here, yeah. Just tell our listeners what that is exactly. Yeah, cosplay. No, this cosplay. Is a, this I, is I don't, funny. yeah, I don't even know what it is, I guess. Yeah. Or how to pronounce that's it. How obs- obscurely nerdy it is yeah i love that no it's, <laughs> it's basically like dressing up in like anime or you know like cartoon characters basically and like going to these like nerd festivals um which is one of those things that i reflect back and i'm like how did that start um but my best friend her boyfriend is an artist and so he goes to these comic cons and sells art and so I mean, man, it's like close to 10 years ago now. She was like, you want to go with me and dress up as Sailor Moon? That first time, you know, something like that. And and then we just started going and making the costumes better. So I've done Sailor Jupiter is kind of my main, my main girl. You know, she's brunette, so it feels, feels right. Um, and then Wonder Woman I've done, which is a little bit more cliche, but I had, I had fun doing that one too. Got it. So I, I have to ask, cause you are, I mean, you're such a well-rounded person. Like you do, you're, you go to these comic shows and then you, I mean, I haven't even named everything. You um, are into all this different athletic stuff. You travel, um, you've worked a bunch of different jobs. You're super into singing, baking. I mean, is, is it like a, um, is it a conscious decision that you're like, I want to expose myself to as many different things in life as possible or does this stuff just all kind of come about for through different connections and friendships and things like that you know I feel like things have been introduced through different connections you know like I think about jujitsu from my brother and cosplay from you know my best friend and things like that 
Um, but really, it's just like I find so much joy in the variety of things. I love that, you know, I can go train on my bike and get ready for the half Ironman and then I can bake a cake that night and, um, you know, do kind of, I, I don't want to say random things, but like kind of random things that all bring me happiness. And um, so I don't know if I necessarily seek it out, but it's just, you know, it just makes me so happy to do so many random things. So I guess that's kind of the long and short of it, really. Well, that's awesome. I want to do um, a quick, if it's okay with you, a quick little rapid fire round. Does that sound okay, Erica? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. All right. Favorite Salem restaurant. Oh my goodness. I got to go Venti's. That mac and cheese, the truffle mac. I hear you on that one. Venti, do you go to the the downtown or the commercial location or both? Uh, Both for sure. Both. There you go. Venti's. Okay. (laughs) Best thing that you have read, watched, or listened to lately? I just read Atomic Habits, which I think is really, really great. And it talks a lot about, sorry, this is not rapid fire. I just, no, no, please. Ranty person. (laughs) Um, It talks a lot about creating habits by making them your identity by saying like, I'm an athlete. I go, I'm going to train for this Ironman because I'm an athlete or I make good choices because I'm a healthy person, like things like that. And that really resonated with me. So I would recommend that one for sure. Yeah. I've heard about that one on a few different podcasts. I have not read it myself, but I will definitely check it out now. Um, Favorite Salem spot to go grab a drink at. Oh man, that's hard. I'm not really big on drinks, but archive, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere, probably archive. Yeah. Archive. You got drinks. Yeah. You got cocktails, you got beer, you got, you got coffee, you got, you got everything at archive. I I like that one too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's a, here's a, here's a, a good one. Person that you look up to most in your life. Oh, wow. I mean, I talked a little bit about my brother on earlier, but he's definitely, I mean, he's been my hero, like my whole life. And we recently had, you know, experience, he was in a near fatal car accident. So definitely he's, he's been my hero forever, but he's been extra my hero in the last month or so. So definitely James Popolo. Oh, well, I did, I did, uh, I did not realize that happened that recently. Um, if you want to talk about it, I know this kind of segues into, I was going to ask you, cause you do a lot of different, um, charity work and stuff too. And there's a little bit of a, a story behind that. If you want to share a little bit, um, kind of about that and how some of the charity work that you're doing came about. Yeah, of course. So the story that Matt is mentioning, so I had just gotten done at jujitsu and pretty excited. I had just gotten two stripes on my belt. So I was promoted for the first time in like six years. So that was very, very cool. Um, so I was feeling really happy and I came home and I showered and I was icing my ear so I don't get cauliflower ear, you know, the the basics. Um, and I was in our living room and I saw flashing lights. Um, and I told, told my husband, his name is Yvonne. I haven't, (laughs) I've just keep referring to him as my husband. I I told Yvonne, (laughs) you know, there's been, there's, there's been another car accident because there was a fatal car accident at that same intersection last year that we had testified on. And, and I was thinking like, well, James should be home from jujitsu by now. Right. And, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he's home or he went a different way. And I kind of looked out the window and I could sort of see it. I'm like, no, I bet he drove the bigger car, but just like in my stomach, I just, I just knew, you know, like, I think it's one of those, like, 
kind of supernatural things. And right. so we like got dressed really fast and ran down there and it was his car and it was like completely destroyed. Like, I mean, basically, you know, the ED doctors saw the car and were like, we don't know how you're alive, like that kind of thing. And so I'm like screaming bloody murder because I definitely thought that he was gone. Um, and then they rushed me over to the ambulance and he's fine, like miraculously fine. He had like a concussion basically. Um, but it was insane. So that was like the best hug of my life. As you can imagine, I rode with him in the ambulance and got to experience the hospital in a, in a different way than I do usually. Uh, but it segues a little bit with the, with the other work because I adopt those two streets. So where the intersection of where his accident was. I like clean both of those streets. I clean the trash off of them. So just kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird, horrible coincidence, but um, a little interesting at least. Yeah. Well, certainly uh, very happy to hear that, that he got out of it. Um, mostly unscathed. Uh, big shout out to James. If he's listening <laughs> uh, once again, hope you're, hope you're feeling much better. Um, but Erica, this has been, awesome talking to you it's been way too long um this is the part of the show uh kind of before i let you go if there are any final shout outs you want to give or any um causes or anything like that that you want to make note of i know you're involved with a lot of different stuff um this is kind of where the uh the floor is yours oh we'll definitely have to shout out to family building blocks i've worked with family building blocks for a number of years so i love them um i after you asked me the question about drinks, I thought about F stop Fitzgerald, you know, I feel like that's a great place for people to go if they're in Salem. Um, can't think of a lot else. I guess my question for you would be, is like, when do we get the podcast that features you? Like when are we doing this next week and I get to interview you or when does that come out? I, Hey, I, I would be down for it. I've, you're actually not the first person that's brought that up. Um, I always feel a little like, um, self-promotional i guess if i put myself on my own podcast but i mean i, I think it would be fun though you're a legend i mean it just makes sense i was thinking <laughs> about that while i was like scrolling through all of the names i'm like but where is his show <laughs> all right well hey if you if you want to if you want to be the interviewer i am i am all for it i will do it oh my gosh that's my dream yep that's my final shout out is that i want to i want to interview you i love Next it <laughs> all right let's do it then all right well, Erica, thank you again for making time for us. I know you, you uh, hopped on here right after work, um, so we really appreciate it. I know our listeners are going to be excited to hear from you, and uh, have a great rest of your evening. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon. As always, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Sauce Town Stories podcast. Uh, please give us a follow on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts.